Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. I need to make you see the fact that your life doesn't end here. Hallelujah. You are not just living and dying and that's the end of it. Life continues on the other side. And I'm going to show you scriptures. You don't die and it is finished. And by next week I also make you understand you don't drop the flesh and then you're going to be in one cemetery waiting for one trumpet. No, no, no. And it's unfortunate some of you you don't have the time to come to Bible studies otherwise by Wednesday we're dead with the issue of the trumpet. What trumpet stands for? And I'm going to expand on that this week from the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Talking about the last trump. You need to have an understanding of these things. But to let you know that when you drop the flesh, that is not the end of life. And to let you know that what you experience on the other side is directly connected to the life you live right here. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me take our scripture that we are already dealing with, which is 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 19. That's the key scripture we're using. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19. Praise the Lord. And he says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men most, what? Miserable. In other words, if your faith is just because you believe in Christ and then it's going to bless you and that is all that you are doing or you are going for, and that is all the reason why you are a believer. Bible says you are most men miserable. It means there is more to life, even in your faith in Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 20. I want to start dealing with that today. There is more to life. Life does not just end because you are in the grave. Or you spend 70 years or 80 years and then you are in the grave. We pray to live long, sure, but then that is not it all. Hallelujah. There is life on the other side. So what we are saying is the life you live here, the kind of things you do, you see it, you sow, determines the kind of life you live when you drop the flesh. In fact, it's more important to think of the life when you drop the flesh than the life you're living now. Because we read last week, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he does possess. So no matter what you have here, that is not the end of it. That is not your life. There is still more to life. Praise the living God. So you should be thinking more. You should be working more for the life after now. Are we in Luke 20? Look at 27. If you look at from 27 to 38, I don't have the time to read all of that, but this is the background to the story. Let me give it to you. Um, the Bible made us to understand here um, the Sadducees came to Jesus. Now the Sadducees are just like you have the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the essence, and then you can also say the Christians or the believers in Jesus. Uh, then they were called the Nazarene people, right? Now the Sadducees, one of the doctrine is they don't believe in resurrection. 
The Pharisees believe in resurrection. The Sadducees do not believe in resurrection. And Jesus was teaching, so they came to him because they wanted to take him by his words. And they said, well, you tell us this story. I mean, give us the answer to this. Um, there was a woman that was married to a brother. And the brother died, and they married another one, and that one died, and they married another one. And this woman happened to be married to seven brothers. Now you tell us. Since you think you know, you tell us. In the resurrection, whose wife will this woman be? That's a question they asked Jesus. Let's get the answer of Jesus from verse 34. Hallelujah. Because they ask this question because they don't believe in the resurrection. Is that all right? Now look at verse 34. And Jesus answered, said unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage, but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of resurrection. Now that the dead are raised. Now, if you read the account in Mark chapter 12, Enoch said, he said, you do err not knowing the scriptures. You do err not knowing the scriptures. If you, if you read the parallel uh, passage of it in the book of Mark chapter 12. But let's look at verse number 13. I mean, verse 37 here. Now that the dead are raised, even Moses showed out the bush when he called the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Are you getting that? Now listen. Isaac have died. Jacob have died. Are you done with me? Abraham have died. Now, no, you can find this account in Exodus 3 verse number 6. Just write it down. And so, God was speaking and he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now, Jesus is saying, didn't you read it in the book? When Moses said, God spoke to Moses, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And look at the next one. For he is not a God of the dead, but what? Of the living, for all live unto him. I want you to understand that. He is a God of the living. What does that mean? It means Abraham is alive, Isaac is alive, Jacob is alive. They are not in the cemetery. It's there in the book. Haven't you read it? <laughs> it's not a God of the dead. Are you getting that? It's a God of the living. So if Abraham would die years back, he's alive. That's what I'm trying to make you understand. When you drop the flag, that's not the end of life. Life continues. This is just a phase of your life. Are you still there with me? That is why you should be more concerned about the life after now. You can live well here. You must live well here. Beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. But how do you compare 90 years or even 120 to eternity? Because when you meet with God, God lives forever. There is no days in God. Are you getting that? So we're talking about when you drop this flag, what life are you going to live on the other side? 
And there is a whole stretch of what we say, no time. You just use the word eternity. So what kind of life are you going to live? You should be more concerned about the life than what you can obtain here. There is more to life than what you can acquire here. Jesus said it in the world. God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Is it simple? So simply put, Abraham is alive, Isaac is alive, and Jacob is alive. And I can also tell you that even those people you think that your brothers that are dead, they are alive. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Sometimes when we cry for the dead, they might probably be sympathizing with us. And then one thing I've come to realize is when you die, I mean when somebody dies, you are crying, you're just crying that you miss the person, but your spirit is actually saying, what is going to be my future? <laughs> are you sitting there with me? Your spirit is really mourning. You, it's your spirit is saying, how do I, what will be my position when I drop this flesh? Because the person could just be there standing and watching you. He could just be there standing and looking at you. And even trying to say, stop mourning because of me, because I may be enjoying something more beautiful than you think you have yet. He would drop the flesh, can no longer be talking about sickness. He's on the other side, it's a new body, I'll make you see it. Amen? Praise the living God. Now, Josephus was one of the wonderful historians of the Jewish people. For those of you who take time to read, I know a lot of Christians don't have time to study. They leave all the study for the pastor to do. No problem. <laughs> no problem. But grace and peace can only be multiplied to you through what? Knowledge. Now we have this man called Josephus. He was quoting from the book of the Maccabees. Maccabees chapter 25. Proving the fact that the Jews themselves truly believed in their life after death. Amen? This is, this is what is in that passage, Maccabees chapter 5, that Joseph was quoted. He says, They who lose their life for the sake of God live unto God, as do Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the rest of the patriarchs. So they believe that Abraham is alive. The Jews believe that. They believe that Jacob is alive. They believe that Isaac is alive. They believe that all the patriarchs that died, even in their days, they are all alive. Praise the living God. So, resurrection of the dead, and immortality and immateriality of the soul were no strange, unknown doctrines among the Jews. When I use the word immateriality, it's when your material self put on immortality. It's not a strange doctrine. They believe it. They know it. Praise the living God. I remember reading about this uh, one rabbi called Rabbi Shemop. Rabbi Shemop. Abin. He gave this account in one of his books. And he said, One day God was speaking to Moses and he said, if I can get 10 men, I will not destroy the city. Similar thing that happened to Abraham, but this one was, I will not destroy the people. 
Amos said, yes, you can get 10 people. And he says, who are they? Amos said, here I am. It's in this rabbi's book. He said, here I am. You can also pick Aaron. You can also have Eliezer. You can have Itamar. You can have Phineas. You can have Caleb. You can have Joshua. But God said, you've only mentioned seven people. So where are the three? And God said, Moses said, God, do you believe the dead are alive? God said, yes, the dead are alive. It's okay, then add Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So that gives you ten. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have several righteous people here. Add the other people who is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You get your ten, so you can destroy the people. Hallelujah. I've just read this to prove one fact. The people have always believed that men who die, they are living on the other side. I think it's only a faction of Christianity that believe that when you drop the pledge, you remain in the grave. Until one day when the trumpet will sound. Sorry about that. Amen? They don't understand what trumpet means. But those of you who care to know, Check out when is the Bible study, you understand what the trumpet stands for in the Bible. Amen? Hallelujah. So that was the answer Moses got, and he gave it to the, you believe the dead lives? God said, yeah, the dead lives. I'm not a God of the dead. And Moses said, come on. You can add Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the seven of us, and you get your ten people. So these people cannot be destroyed. Beautiful answer. Praise the living God. Amen? All right, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. This is the issue that you need to be facing right now. Because you've been thinking more. I want to encourage you to think more about your life. That will stop you from doing some things that you are doing that are not right. <laughs> First Corinthians 15. Let's look at verse 35. Praise God. Are you there with me? Now I want to read from the Living Bible. I like this translation more. I tried to illustrate this last week with the tomato seed. Remember that? But I still want to read it because there are some things that the Living Bible really brought out which are very important. Look at that. Verse 35. But someone may ask, how will the dead be brought back to life again? What kind of bodies will they have? Are you following that? What a foolish question. My, my, my. <laughs> you will find the answer in your own garden. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And when the green shoot comes up out of the seed, it is very different from the seed you first planted. Can you get that? Can you get that? He's trying to illustrate to us what resurrection means. He's trying to say, the corpse you bury is not the corpse you will see. Are you sitting with me? A fellow died, you put the person in a casket, in a coffin, whichever way, and you bury the person. The person does not rise with the same body. That is not scripture. Hallelujah. He said, it is very different. Verse 37. When the green shoot comes out of the seed, it is very different from the seed you first planted. For all you put into the ground is a dry little seed of wheat. Or whatever it is, you are planting. Whatever it is, you are planting. I want you to know that. Verse 38. 
Then God gives it a beautiful new body, just the kind he wants it to have. A beautiful, different body, just the type God wants the body to have, to want that seed. So the seed determines the kind of body you have on the other side. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Look at that. A different kind of plant grows from each kind of seed. Oh, this is simple enough. Amen. In other words, if you want a mango tree, you plant a mango seed. Is that all right? If you want a granite harvest, you plant granite seed. In other words, you can't plant granite um, or maybe watermelon and harvest a mango. Is that correct? Good. Every seed will bring forth its own kind. I'm going to read that scripture for you. Look at verse 39. And just as there are different kinds of seeds and plants, so also there are different kinds of flesh, humans, animal, fish, and birds, and all different. Amen? So the seed, like I said, determine the kind of body that you have with which you function on the other side of life. The seed you have on your inside. I'm going to explain it to you now. Look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Let me do for verse 10. Genesis chapter 1. I'm reading from verse number 10. Amen. And God called the dry land else and the gathering together of the water he called sea. This is a Christian week. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed. And the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. Can you get that? Whose seed is in itself. Listen closely. And I want you to mark that in your Bible. Whose seed is in itself. Upon the earth. And it was so. Seed in itself. Okay. And the earth bring forth grass. And the herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielding fruit. Whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Praise the living God. What's he saying? So when God finished the, the creation week in terms of the earth and, and the crops that need to come up there, and the Bible says every seed will bring forth what? Its own kind. So this seed of this plant will produce this plant. It cannot reproduce this one. The power to reproduce this thing is right here in the seed. So now, if you want a harvest of a bee crop, you got to sow what? One seed. Are you following that? But no seed of a particular species can produce another one. That is why the doctrine of reincarnation cannot work. You know what? Some of you may not know, but the, one of the teachings of reincarnation is, well, if you were so stingy in this life, and then you die, and then you come back again, you can become like a mango tree so that people can eat you because you were stingy on the other side. <laughs> and sometimes they say, well, you may have committed some crime or done certain things, you can come back like a dog. Maybe you were killing people. You can come back like a dog so that you can wash people's life. No, no, no. The Bible says every seed must bring forth what? Its own kind. So a human seed cannot reproduce a dog. 
Hey, is anybody catching this? Hallelujah. And the seed has life in itself. So every seed you have has power to reproduce itself. So the next question is what kind of seed do you have in your life? Hallelujah. The word seed actually is the word zera in the Hebrew. It means fruit, it means plant, it means sowing time. It means posterity. It means fruitfulness, it means sowing time or seed time. Seed. See, even in your finance, this is very crucial. But I'm not teaching on finance, but you know that is the way it works. It means when you sow money, it has power to reproduce itself. Every seed has power to reproduce. <laughs> Praise the living God. Think about that for a while. It's very important. The Lord is saying, every seed has power to bring forth fruits. It has power to reproduce. Seed brings forth fruits. It is fruit you have best. You don't have best seeds. Oh, come on. Is anybody understanding that? So when you sow your seed, you should be expecting what? A harvest. Because fruit will come out of the seed you sow. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anybody make you stingy in life. There is so much connected to harvesting when you know how to sow seed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Now I'm not dealing with finance. You know, I don't talk too much on that. That's a good place for Brother Max. He's a professor in that area, if I may use the word. Amen. But you see, that I don't talk about it doesn't mean <laughs> I don't want you to know what it is. Once you know why I talk about it, but it's not majorly my emphasis. You should be able to know that if you want to harvest, you must first see your seed. If you eat your seed, there is no harvest for you. Don't allow money to rule your life. Rule money. Are you there with me? When you rule over money, it means you can use money instead of allowing money to use you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what kind of seeds? Let's talk about the dimension of the, the wall on the other side. What kind of seeds do you have in your life? Let's get down to Colossians. You see, every seed will bring forth its own kinds. <laughs> you know, Peter talks about we being born again by what? The incorruptible seed. Okay. Colossians 3. Look at verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, see those things which are born, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Are you there? Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Set your affection. Do you know what affection means? Affection can drive you crazy. What is driving you? That's a question. 
Is it things of God? Is it things of above? Or things on the earth? Because if you sow the flesh, you reap corruption. <laughs> Look at that, verse 3. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Did you get that? What does it mean to be dead? Watch this. If you truly get to know that you are dead, two ways. You can be dead in Christ or dead in the world. If you are dead in the Christ, then the things of the world can no longer affect you. Simple illustration. Put a dead man on the floor. Right? Take a needle, doctors. Pierce the dead man. Will you respond? Think about it. Okay, you all of you are happy and somebody's dead and you say, oh man, come on, you need to drink like us. Take the whole bottle of drink and pour it in the mouth of the dead man. Would there be any response? No matter how many gallons of wine or whatever you're going to put in the dead corpse, it's not going to be intoxicated. It's dead, it's dead. If you are truly dead to the world, then the world cannot affect your affections. The fact that you still respond to so many things shows that you are not dead. <laughs> are you still there with me? He said, but you are dead. And your life is in with Christ in God. Look at the next thing. When Christ, who is what? Our life shall appear. Then shall you appear within what? In glory. You know the appearance? It's not when he's floating from the sky. Christ, who is our life? Where is Christ? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The seed we have on your inside is what? Is Christ. So if every seed must bring forth its own kind, then the kind of body you are expecting to have is the glorified body that Jesus had when he rose from the grave. Because every seed must bring forth what? Its own kind. So the more you nourish the seed of Christ in you, the more expectation of immortality you should be having. As a secret to living the life on the other side. So how much of Christ do you have on your inside? Paul was speaking and he's saying, I travail in bad pain until Christ the world formed in you. Now when a child is formed, the child is meant to grow. How do you feed the Christ on your inside? Through the word. How many of you take time to study the Bible? How many of you take time to pray? How many of you seek him? So that the Christ in you will truly grow. Some of you have stunted growth of the Christ on your inside. And such a Christ cannot become a mature son. You see, when the Christ who is our life, amen, because man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things with what he does possess. So a man's life is consist on the seed that's on the inside. And what seed is on your inside? Christ. The more Christ grows on your inside, the more expectation of glory you should be having. Are you following what I'm saying? Because every seed must do what? Bring forth its own kind. So what kind of seed do you have right now? And how are you nourishing that seed so that it can grow? Christ does not only have to be formed in you, it also has to grow. They have to be a mature son, not just a baby. 
that is why I don't have time to be celebrating the, the Christ that was supposed to be the ruler and my life and be celebrating that every December. You made this man a baby every year. He's not going to continue to remain a baby. He needs to grow up. Praise the Lord. Go down to Luke chapter 6. When Christ with our life shall appear, then shall we appear with him what? In glory. And the Bible said to them, he called it glorified. He justified. Amen? Look at it. The appearing have nothing to do with somebody floating from the sky. Crashing down through the clouds. I'm not talking about that. And the Bible is not talking about that. When say the Christ in you shall appear. How many of you have read Matthew chapter 17 on what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration? The Bible said there was this glow that came out of Jesus. Amen? Are you still there with me? And then Peter, James, and John, they saw this and they say, hey, master, it is good for us to be here. Let's build three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We come here. There is something here that is glorious. We don't want to go down to meet the people. They saw a taste of immortality manifesting from Christ. That's what I'm talking about. When the sun on your inside is well fed, a time come, this man bust out. Your body receive what is called immortality. You can bypass the grave because of the seed that's on your inside. I'm not here to pep your emotions. I'm telling you what scripture says. I'm giving you the real hope that you're supposed to be waiting for. Christ in you, the hope of being glorified. That's what it means. And Jesus walked this earth for 40 good days with that kind of glorified body. Sharing fellowship with people. Are you sitting there with me? And people were wondering what kind of person when he broke through the door. Everything was like he came and said, I'm not a ghost. Because ghosts have no flesh and bones. I have flesh and bones. I'm a glorified son of God. Are partaking of resurrection. That is what we are talking about. And the only way for you to come to that life is to feed the Christ on your inside. Read the word. Don't play game being in church. Mm -mm. I'm talking of you preparing for the life on the other side. Every seed will bring forward its own kind. Are you there in Luke chapter 6? Hallelujah. Praise God. Look up to see, look at verse 45, 43. Let's look at 43. Look at what it says. For a good tree bringeth forth not corrupt fruit, neither doth the corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruits. Amen. For of tons men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather the grapes. Hallelujah. Now listen closely. <laughs> what he's simply saying here is this. Every tree is known by its fruit. It means, the truth is, we can describe it to be a plant because we can't see any fruit in it. But you can talk about a mango fruit. Guava fruit. Are you sitting there with me? 
And if you put a guava and a mango together, you can be able to separate them. Even if the leaves are not there. Is that all right? Because you know mango tree, you know guava seed, I mean mango fruit and guava fruit. Every tree is known by what? Its fruit. This is not just talking about the life. This is not just talking about what we say. That is inclusive. But the point is, if the seed is going to bring forth its own kind, and the harvest must represent the seed that was sown. So the fruits which will bear on the other side. Okay, maybe some of you are getting confused a little bit. I hear this. The Bible says we are the first fruits of his creatures. Can you get that? Good. So I'm not talking about literal fruit now. Every tree is known by what? His fruit. Meaning, if the seed of Christ is in you, you become a kind of fruit that Christ has bear. Because we are kind of first fruit unto who? Unto God. Now the fruit is determined by what? By the seed. So the seed that you carry now determines the kind of person you will be on the other side. Being a fruit. <laughs> and if I want to point to some of you now, you see, I'm not going to be teaching things like purgatory or whatever, I'm not talking about that, but you know, people talk about hell in a sense. If you must go to hell at all, it's all because you did not have the seed of Christ. You are not your fruit that can attain unto God's presence. Are you there with me? It is the fruit you carry now that determines where you be when you drop the flesh. Are you following what I'm talking about? I will explain a little bit on that next week. Because the Bible says, when a man drops the flesh, the spirit goes back to God who gave it. I'm going to deal with that next week. Amen? Are you following what I'm talking about here? So now, let's round up again. I keep on reading the scripture to you almost in every one of these sections. Galatians chapter 6. I must not fail to read this scripture to your hearing. Almost every section that we're going to be having. Galatians 6. Let me go from verse number 7. Praise the living God. Look at it. Don't be misled. I'm reading from a living Bible. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. I like that. <laughs> Don't mess up with God and think you're going to be free to get all into the glory. No. You can't ignore God and get away with it. You know that you pay the price for ignoring God. <laughs> Praise the living God. A man will always reap just the kind of crop he sows. Period. Are you getting that? If he sows to please his own wrong desires, he will be planting seeds of evil and he will surely reap a harvest of spiritual decay and death. Is it clear? But if he plants the good things of the Spirit, he will reap everlasting life that the Holy Spirit gives him. Praise the living God. And let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. And verse 10 says, That is why whenever we can, 
we should always be kind to everyone, and especially to Christian brothers. Praise the living God. Are you getting what I'm talking about? What kind of seed do you have in your life? What expectation do you have of the seed you are sowing now? Now, are you all consigned with the life here? Or you have a desire on the other side of glory? The seed you sow now determines the kind of body you're going to put on on the other side. The Bible says you can't fool with God and get away with it. You can't ignore God in your pursuit of life and get away with it. Every seed you sow, you're going to harvest. Hallelujah. You can prepare for the other side now. I'm not intimidating you. I'm not trying to scare you. But I'm trying to give you an understanding that can prepare you to live the life you're supposed to be living now with an expectation of glory on the other side. Hallelujah. It talks about you can reap a harvest of corruption. And it talks about you can reap a harvest of spiritual eternal life. As embedded by the Holy Spirit. The seed on your inside determines the kind of harvest you're going to have on the other side. So how prepared are you, people? Talk to me. How ready are you? Let me, let me speak like that. If the trumpet sounds now, how prepared are you? Praise God. Amen? Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now talk to me. How prepared are you? What is going to be your expectation? Will you rejoice? Next week I make you see how true Christians ought to die. They shouldn't be dying with agony on their face. They should be dying rejoicing because there's a better world than it is now. And Paul said, it's time for me to be offered. I finished my cause. I'm expecting a crown of righteousness. Can you say the same thing? No, talk to me. Someone said, Pastor, but I'm trying my best. Thank God. Examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. It's not me. You should know yourself. If your best is your best, praise God. If your best can give you what I'm talking about, amen. What scripture says, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. How many of you are sowing the seed of the world to feed the inner man so he can truly move into the place of glory at the end of the day? Because think about it. If God will not help you, when you are by 100 and old, you are useless to yourself. Now, I'm just being honest. Moses went up to 120. His eyes were not dim. Few people are telling that now. You may be the one, praise God, but just in case you are not able, by the time you are 100, I used to listen to one of these lady songs. He said, look, you better walk now because the time comes when you put your shoe in one hand and once you pass on it, you can't differentiate the two. You hold shoe in one hand, see pass on the other hand. People are even telling you to put up on your feet. You say, no, this is the way they should be because you become useless to yourself. Once you get about 100 years old, you are useless to yourself. That's how the Bible says you better serve God now in your youthful days. Because it prepares you for the other side. Are you getting what I'm talking about? 
I wish I can stay up somebody's mind today to know that life does not end here. It does not even end in the things that you have. There is more to life. Let's work for that life. Amen? Let's prepare ourselves for that life. Let's get engaged. Let's engage God. He said you can't neglect God. You can't ignore God and be free and get free with it or get away with it. You can't. Be serious, church. Be serious. If you are a believer, get serious with life. There is so much awaiting us. There is so much we should expect. And to start with, Galatians 6, don't miss it. Colossians 3, understand it. Christ, who is our life, when he shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. When the glow will flow. Are you sure you partake of that? You see, Peter saw something, he became crazy and said, man, I can't live this thing. I want to partake of it. It's because you have not seen. That is why you are not serious. You spend your time doing so many things. You can read your Bible. You can seek the face of God. You can go deep in the word. You can feed your inner man with the word of God. And you expect to manifest. May God help us. For further information and message order, please call plus 234 803 Or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.